Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And on this week's episode of We Got Goals, we spoke with four franchisees from the barcode at a very special live event at their franchisee conference. And the barcode has a very special place in our history. It was one of the first studios I visited when I was reviewing studios. Uh, and they've become a partner in various capacities since that first visit, that first sweat in 2012. And we've had Jillian Lorenz, uh, the co-founder and co-CEO of The Barcode, on the podcast before, but we wanted to take this very special opportunity to also feature some high achievers within the network of high achievers that The Barcode has built. So this week, I sat down to speak with four franchisees about their goals in a couple of unique ways. We talked about getting organized to reach big goals and what they do specifically to be organized to achieve and overachieve. Uh, we talk about the fins, which is Barcode's favorite way to celebrate failures as wins. And really, it's about learning from what went wrong. Um, we also talk about the loneliness that can accompany owning a business and why owning a business is another thing that's better with friends. So sit down or pop in your earbuds and listen to this episode featuring Kim from New Lenox, Kellyan from Madison, and Lindsay and Janelle from Metro Detroit. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not... Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and today we have a very special live podcast with the Barcode Owner Summit. <laughs> so on We Got Goals, we ask two big questions in every single episode, and we've had Jillian, one of the co-founders and co-CEOs of the Barcode, on the podcast before, and on that episode, she introduced us to the Finn. Um, the failure win. So throughout this episode, you'll hear us reference the fin, as well as adding a third question in. Um, so to the listener at home, fin's coming at you today. But before we get started, I want everyone to meet our panelists on this live podcast. I'll have you guys introduce yourselves because you'll do so much better than I will. Start with you. Hi, I'm Kelly and Kyron. I own the Barcode Madison in Madison, Wisconsin, and I'm opening a second studio uh, next week, actually. Hi, I'm Lindsay Ear. I'm the co-owner of the Barcode Metro Detroit Studios. Uh, we opened our first studio in Birmingham in 2013, and since have also opened in Rochester Hills, Royal Oak, and we just opened in Northville last weekend. <laughs> Hi, I'm Janelle Herbert. I'm also the co-owner of Metro Detroit and everything that Lindsay said, and we're really excited to be here, so thank you. I am Kim Burla. I am the owner of New Lenox. That's a Chicago suburb, southwest suburbs, and we just opened in March. Here's what I love about this episode is there's an extraordinary amount of applause, and I want you to keep that going. I'm loving the energy. Um, let's dig into the big questions, yes? Yeah. Yes. All right, so let's start with you, Kellyan. What is a big goal that you set out to accomplish? How did you get there, and why was it important to you? 
So the big goal that I set out to accomplish is to open a second studio. Um, and I got there. Like I said, I'm opening next week. We'll have our first classes. Um, how did I get there? Uh, it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, I was determined, though, when I decided to become a uh, barcode owner. I had always wanted to do multiple locations. So um, I set that goal for myself right away, and I just knew that I needed to do everything I could to get there. So as you opened a second studio uh, and as, as you sort of built your community, what sort of stood out along the way in your community? Well, just community itself. Um, Madison is a very um, community-driven city. Um, they love their local places. They love their local businesses. Um, so really like honing in on that community aspect I think is what helped me grow my first studio and gave me the ability to open a second. Love it. We love community around here, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, you guys ready? What is a big goal from my Metro Detroit friends that you set out to accomplish this year and how did you get there? So as we've been working through um, expansion, uh, we just opened our fourth studio. We have goals and visions of opening more in the coming years and we are two owners. Uh, we're fortunate to have each other to lean on, however, we can't do it by ourselves, and we're so fortunate to have an incredible team of managers and master trainers to lean on as well. Um, and so something that we've been really focusing on in the last year is empowering them and growing in their training and their strengths so that way they can also um, share in building our community. And um, we've also been really prioritizing sharing in our successes with them as well. So when we win, we all win, and it's been really fun working in different ways to strive toward those common goals together. Um, Lindsay and I get to divide and conquer parts of the business and a big goal of ours, as we said, we just opened up Northville um, last weekend, which is crazy that we're here with you guys today. Um, Are you guys okay? <laughs> our eyes are open, yeah. Um, but in order to achieve that, like Lindsay said, we really had to have the manpower to do it. Um, yes, there is, is two of us, um, but in order to, to take it to the next level, we need to invest in our team uh, and invest in our product. And we were able to take on five master trainers this year. Super appreciative to our headquarters team for developing a training program that allowed to elevate their certifications um, and leadership within our team. Uh, we were able to certify 18 instructors in, in seven weeks. Um, it was insane, but it was such a testament to um, their leadership and how we were able to elevate their roles uh, so we all win together and we all grow together. Kim, what's going on in New Lenox? What are some big goals that you set out to accomplish and how did you get there? Well, my biggest goal was just based on pre-opening, basically. I wanted to open successful. I had a goal of getting 150 members when we opened and we ended up succeeding that to 226. But wow. I think like <laughs> the, the biggest thing that we started with was headquarters pre-opening plan that they set out for us that kept it very organized, very easy to accomplish those goals by just following what they were telling you to do. Um, I also am a little different than a lot of the other studios where we don't have the athletic stores to do pop-ups in or, or really 
that much of anything um, to do it. So I really had to think of like other things to, of how to meet those clients. We focus a lot on schools, mom groups, daycares, swim schools, places that the moms are going to be hanging out at since we're so suburban. You guys, it sounds like everyone has had a really incredible year, and I heard a couple of themes stick out. I heard community stick out. I heard um, the theme of having each other to lean on, which made me think of how lonely it can be sometimes, but you all have each other to lean on. And then I also heard you sort of finding a plan and sticking to it. Um, so before we get into the big goals you're setting for the future or your BHAGs, I'd love to know, first and foremost, um, who in this room has a co-founder or someone that's sort of helping them behind the scenes? Who's, it, who's kind of rocking it by themselves? Awesome. You guys are in great company in this room because you have each other to lead on. Um, but I want to talk a little bit uh, up here about when it gets lonely. What do you do um, to sort of combat that and to feel connected? Let's start with you, Kellyanne. Um, I mean, I think just to comment on the loneliness, I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize before, um, especially a business like a fitness studio. You know, you think you're around people all the time. Um, we all know, I see everyone shaking their heads. There's so much time when classes aren't going on that you're working alone, and it does get very lonely. Um, ways that I've found to combat it is, I like getting myself out of the studio and into a coffee shop or um, making close connections with other business owners or people who do have a schedule that is more flexible and can, you know, meet, like I said, at a coffee shop or whether, whatever that is. So um, just making connections um, and like forcing myself to get, to get outside of the studio, outside of the office. Anything to add you to? You have each other to lean on. Lindsay. We do. We're very, very fortunate to um, have each other. But like Janelle mentioned, we very much divide our business into two totally different things. So that way, we are always going full speed toward different directions and can hopefully cover more path uh, by doing so. Um, so we both do spend a lot of days working solo on our different projects that we have. And I think for me, it's being really conscious of my thoughts and making sure that, like Kellyanne said, if I notice that I'm starting to get into a funk, being proactive, and a lot of times for me, that means I need to go work out, or I need to take a 15-minute break to go play with my dog, or whatever it is to um, have those happy places to go to, so that way you can kind of rev up, re-energize, connect in, in the ways that serve you best, and get back to the grind. Yeah, to piggyback off that too, um, we are partners, so we get to jive well with that. But I really like to encourage entrepreneurs to hire people that are going to support you, that are going to inspire you, and that you want to hang out with. Um, it's super important to build your girl squad, you know, um, because you guys are going to obviously work better together, but you're also going to bring out the better juices together to keep that. Uh, inspiration and brain flow just kind of uh, in the right direction. What about you, Kim? Um, for us, I think just our instructor team, master trainer CR is like, we're all so close. So it's like, we're a family together. Like we have group texts, we hang out, like we we're there to support each other constantly. So I think that's great to have people working there that you feel so close with and can support each other every day. 
And at the end of the day, everything is better with friends, and you're building your network of friends, and all of all of this stuff is is worth it in the end when you build that community. Um, so let's let's talk a bit about following a plan. Um, so I heard you, Kim, uh, mention that you followed the plan from HQ, which helped you immensely in opening your studio. I'd love to sort of hear like the other ways you follow plans to to reach your goals. I think, I mean, just following up on a daily basis, like you have to write things down and track things. Otherwise it just gets lost in the millions of different things that are going to come up every day that you're not expecting. So just always going back to that list, even if you don't get something done that day, that's the first thing that you're going to try to get through the next day. Awesome. Janelle, what do you have? How do you follow a plan? Organization. <laughs> Living by my iCal, everything's on there. Time blocking, you know, time blocking your day and knowing where you have to be and what you have to get done and being realistic. Um, not putting too much on your plate so you're not ending the day feeling totally exhausted, even though we probably do that all the time, unwillingly. Um, but just being, you know, your support system for yourself. The more prepared you are, the more confident you are, the more you'll achieve at the end of the day. And Janelle, for those in this room who haven't asked or haven't heard it before and listeners, talk to me about time blocking. What does it mean and how do you use it? Um, so I time block by pretty much half hour to hour, but um, when I look at what I have to get done in a day or in a, in a week, I kind of measure it out that way and plot it on my calendar. So if I only want to work uh, from 9 to 2.30 is typically when I have childcare most days. Um, I time block from 9 to 2.30 with my, my tasks for the barcode that day. Awesome. Awesome. So break out those tasks and put them in your calendar. Um, that's a great way to manage a to-do list. What do you have, Lindsay? I feel like for me, preparation and planning as far ahead as possible is really helpful. Um, I manage a lot of the marketing and events side of our business, which means working with partnerships, which means not only am I working on my timeline, but it's the communication timeline with others. And so um, the longer we've been in business, I feel like the longer my window kind of goes where I'm trying to work farther and farther out, but it creates calm and um, hopefully eliminates some of the fire drills within our, our plans. We all have a fire drill, right? Yeah. Uh, nope. Um, Kelly, let's talk about how you follow a plan and how planning helps you. Yeah, so it actually took me a while to find what best worked for me. That's honest. Um, yes, <laughs> but I am like Kim. I am a big list maker. I write down every morning everything that I need to do, and then I pick three things, and I rewrite them again at the top of my list, and those are, like, I absolutely have to get those three things done, and then I'll hit the rest of my list, and whatever I don't hit, I just carry over to the next day. That's, that's a great way to look at a to-do list, too, instead of just writing a long list of everything that you could ever think of, like, what absolutely has to get done today. I call that critical tasking. I don't know if I made that up or stole it from somewhere. Who knows? Um, so I want to throw a question at, at you, my friends on the panel, um, that came from our interview with, with Jillian. Um, so we had Jillian Lorenz on the podcast um, a couple of months ago, and she talked about fins. Um, a big concept that the barcode loves to use, which is failure wins. Looking at the times when things just don't work out as planned as, yes, a failure, but also an opportunity to, to win or learn. Um, so let's talk up here about a, a fin that you've had uh, over the time of opening your barcode studio and what you learned from it. Let's talk about fins. You ready to go first? Let's go, Kellyan. Sure. Um, so my... Fin, my biggest fin that I have learned um, 
is that I can't do everything myself. Um, Anyone agree with that? <laughs> I think we all can. Yeah. I, I mean, I am the type of person who, I, if I know the barcode HQ team who are close to me know this, like, I just need to do it myself so I know it's getting done and it's getting done in the way I want it to and that doesn't hold up when you end up having a million things piled on your plate. Um, so my failure was learning that I, I physically, mentally could not get everything done and my win is taking that and making myself, I mean that made me delegate, that made me um, pass things off to more to my team and give them more responsibility, which in turn gives them a sense of ownership and makes them, you know, more involved. So delegate. Delegate. At A Sweat Life, we like to say that asking for help is a superpower. Mm -hmm. Steal it, use it. It's yours if you want it. Um, Lindsay, let's talk about your fin. I love that you're asking us this at, in this moment this year because we had a big one this year. It was a Juicy. big loss and a big turnaround. Um, about this time, a little farther than a year ago, um, we were approaching the five-year mark at our first studio located in Birmingham, and so our lease was about to be up. And the five years leading up to that point, we had troubles with parking in the area. It was an old building. The toilets weren't working half of the time. Um, we had some tricky issues with working with the building and the management within it. It was a bad situation. Um, so we had a decision to make. Do we move? Do we stay? What was the best? And there was no clear-cut answer. Um, we went with our gut and a lot of research and a lot of soul-searching, and we decided to move. So we started that process, and we thought that we had a month buffer of when new studio would be done, when we would have to move. Beautiful. Plenty of time. Not so much. <laughs> um, between construction woes and environmental issues with uh, the soil in the space, which we know nothing about. <laughs> We're not environmentalists. Um, we ended up having to close our Birmingham location for six weeks um, at the end of the year. So it was leading up to New Year's, which is when everyone is all setting their big goals for the year and frequently revolve around fitness. It was a nightmare. Um, we saw the challenge in front of us and did not know what was going to become of it. Um, our team came together. We added classes at our other two locations that were open. We hosted pop-ups at all over the city at some places that we had worked with before, some places that were maybe strange to be hosting a class in, but we were like, they will take us and we're gonna blast our music at 5.30 a.m. and you know, rock it out the best that we can. And um, the long story short, it ended up being more than okay. We are in a beautiful space now that we're really proud of and we know that we'll be able to spend long into the future um, and enjoying our classes in our community there. And it was just such a testament to our members and our membership. Um, we didn't lose a single member during that time, which um, it, it was so scary. And we, we just, we worked so hard to remain connected with our members, 
being transparent every step of the way, which was hard because sometimes we, a lot of times we didn't have all of the answers, um, and just being in, encouraging and, and keeping ourselves and each other positive and taken care of through it all. That's an incredible story and a great rebound. Congratulations on that. Do you, do you share that fin? Or do you have a different fin? We share all things in life. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, most certainly that was our one of our toughest struggles, probably the toughest struggle. Whenever Lindsay and I set a goal or, like, we're going to do this, we are doers. You know, we do it. And we like when things go our way, like most, you know, business owners and things like that. And we've been pretty fortunate in that sense to set realistic timelines and things like that. So the fact that this was so out of our control um, not only hurt our ego, I guess, but um, just we were kind of stuck in the mud, you know, and just kind of had to trust in what we built, um, the community we built already, um, kind of believe in opportunity and turn that into success and just continue investing in our staff and elevating, um, you know, any opportunity that they could be taking to, to remain connected because we didn't want to lose them too. Um, cause it is a part-time job for all them. So to make them feel like they're still a part of the journey, we're still doing this, we're still forging ahead sort of thing. Yeah, and I love that because it sounds like you looked at the situation with an abundance mindset, just knowing that it's it's going to work out, you're being taken care of, and your community has your back. And I love that. I love that about the barcode. Um, are you ready? Let's talk, Kim. I'm ready. Bin it out for me. I would say mine is my studio size. I wish that we would have been a little bit bigger. Um, we have, you know, we have people in the 5 a.m. classes. They set their alarms at midnight to sign up for class because if by... 12.30 at night, it's already waitlisted. So if we had more space, then we can accommodate more of those people. Um, but also, I, I also think it's a win, too, because we are in the hub of our, of our city and the three other surrounding cities that would go there, So and our neighbor's Starbucks. So, I mean, <laughs> definitely helps. And I think there are the location is a huge part of our success as well, too. So if I did it again, I honestly would probably do the same location. The fin is a fin. Yeah. The fin is a fin. Okay. So what I love about fins and what I love about talking through failures is that it gives us all permission to sort of understand that we're all going through things. If real estate troubles uh, resonated with you, if uh, moving troubles resonated with you, if any of this sort of resonated with you, give us a little applause here. Good. All right. We, we are on the same page here. Let's talk now about big goals into the future. We talked about what you've accomplished. We talked about what you've learned along the way. What's happening in the next couple of years for your studio, Kellyanne? My big goal would be to open a third Ooh. and cover <laughs> Madison. So right now I'm central. I'm opening on the west side next week, and I would love to own the other part of town, get the east side. So what I'm hearing is world domination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, oh, and hey do Badger. you know what? I hey, Badger. Um, I would have loved to have the barcode back then, but instead I had to settle for the surf. Yeah. Um, but so you guys, world domination. Who else in this room has city domination, world domination on their BHAG list? Hands up. Yes. All right. Are we ready, Metro Detroit? What? is your BHAG for the coming years, and what are you gonna to do to get there? 
Yeah, so much like Kellyan, um, we really follow suit with the barcode's mission to reach women worldwide. And um, our goal is to certainly expand our footprint in Metro Detroit. Um, I can't share where that might be quite yet. Secrets. <laughs> um, but we are super excited to continue our development and what we've created. Uh, we always do it strategically and you know, wait for the one studio to get to where it needs to be before we get too crazy onto the next one. Uh, we did just complete technically two build outs in one year. So uh, we'll set a, set a goal for 2020 for sure. And I'm, every time we leave the owner's conference, our wheels are already spinning. So I can leave that as a little teaser for sure. I love a teaser. Guys, you got this. You want to you add on, Lindsay? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just add that uh, everything that we do whenever we're making any sort of our goals, we always take it back to our why and why we even wanted to become a part of the barcode family to begin with, and that's because we believe so wholeheartedly in the mission and the mantra that our company stands behind. And so even through you know some of the bad days or the challenges that come with achieving any goal, um, when we can keep that in the forefront of our minds, it has just always kept us propelling forward and wanting to reach as many women as we can uh, with what we do. Excellent. Kim, 2020 and beyond, what are the big, hairy, audacious goals that you've set? Well, for 2020, I just, I want to get to my max membership capacity in, you know, by January before that big January rush hits. I want to be there at that goal. Um, I just want everyone in the community to see like what the barcode is. It's not how it's not just a fitness studio and see all the relationships that are built there every day with all the women that became friends in our studio. I think everybody just needs to experience that in our community. Awesome. Um, and what are you going to do to get there? Well, we have a lot of great new things, <laughs> brand bots and our new, um, uh, Mariana Tech. So I think that that is definitely going to help with staying organized with reaching those new members and first visits. Incredible. Um, so you guys have been so open. You guys have shared <laughs> freely. Thank you. Um, before we conclude this episode of We Got Goals, we'll take questions from owners. Um, these first two questions will be public facing. Don't everybody rush at once. Don't worry, we can cut silence, so I'll just wait. <laughs> Will you please come on up to the microphone? While she addresses, let's applause her up. Let's clap her in. Hey everyone, this is Michelle from Cincinnati. And my question for you ladies would be, what one thing, and it may change day over day, but what one thing keeps you up at night? What one thing keeps you up at night? While you're thinking, for me, it, it is always, it is always something to do with the bills. What about you guys? Other than my 15-month-old child, <laughs> um, I'm actually a pretty hard sleeper. But <laughs> we just opened up our Northville studio, and I'm sure all you studio owners out there, master trainers, whatever your role may be, I go to bed. I do set an alarm now that it's a new studio. Is my instructor going to come to class? Yes, uh, that keeps me up at night. I'm like, please show up. Please teach class. <laughs> yeah. I, has anyone in this room uh, had to go and teach for a no-show? 
Right. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a universal experience. It's hard. Alarms are hard. Uh, we'll take one more question from the room. Who's got it? Come on up. Hi, I'm Marla, and my studio is in Newport Beach, California. My question is kind of similar to the one that we just had. My question is, what is the one thing that you've done in your business, business that you think has translated the most to building your following? Building your following. I love it. Let's address online and in real life, too. I would say, this is Kim, um, that um, building the relationships, like, the first week we opened, like, I knew every single person's name that was coming in the studio. Like, I made it a point to know everyone. I tell my instructors, like, in the CRs, like, you need to say hi to them by their first name. Like, their face just changes if you're talking to them and you're speaking their name. So they feel like they're a part of the studio. Yeah, knowing people's names is, is in, incredibly important. You just, people just want to be heard and seen. Um, what do you have? Well, I... Just to follow up on that, Kim, um, I would say creating a space where people immediately feel mm -hmm. welcome is a huge differentiator than, you know, yeah. them going somewhere for the last three years and they walk in and the front desk person doesn't even know their name. Um, so that instantly mm -hmm. um, is a game changer. Incredible. Uh, on this episode of We Got Goals, we heard all sorts of themes. We heard big goals. We heard fins. We heard about community. Um, we heard about the incredible futures that you all have, as well as making people feel welcome. I learned a lot, um, surrounded by a room full of entrepreneurs. Did you guys learn a lot? Thank you for joining us for this special live episode. I said I'll be on the road, I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you can leave us a rating or a view while you're there, we would so appreciate it. We thank Jay Mono for our theme music. Thanks to Ryan Deffert for editing. Thanks to the Barcode franchisees for being our guests this week. And an extra special thanks to you, our listeners.